John 14, 22 and 23. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Judas, again, this is not Judas Iscariot. He's better known as Thaddeus, the brother of the apostle James had been listening carefully to what Jesus was saying, and he was, he was trying to understand, so he asked the Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? I'm sorry, i got to get to that. And not to the world. Jesus replied, not just to the apostles, but all mankind, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, the language of his reply clearly shows that after his death and resurrection, he would manifest himself not only to the apostles, but to anyone who complied with the conditions of, his, of the promise. In fact, in this short statement right here, Jesus laid down for all time the conditions of divine manifestation. So this morning, we're going to consider the meaning of the divine manifestation, the abiding guest, and the conditions of of divine manifestation. First, the meaning of divine manifestation. God delights to dwell in mankind. Now this is what Christianity is all about. God returning to the soul of people who are reconciled to Him through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20 All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. Now the practical meaning is that Jesus Christ and God the Father come to live in obedient believers through the person of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 23 again, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Acts 2.38 explains a little bit about how this happens. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. So, he comes to live in in with us when we open the door and we say, Okay, it's time. I'm ready to be obedient to what you tell me to do. So the meaning of divine manifestation. God, the creator of the universe, who fashioned us, body and soul, making His home in us. That's the meaning of divine manifestation. A great mystery which God has made known to us in the final age of the earth. Colossians 1.27 To them God chose to make known 
how great among the Gentiles are the riches of this of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you see, like I said, that's, that's what Christianity is all about, is Christ in us, coming to live in us through the Holy Spirit. When we accept Christ and we are baptized into Christ, then we receive the Holy Spirit. Now let's talk about the abiding guests. The language of the text makes it clear that the divine presence it will not be temporary as long as loving obedience continues. The Father and Son will remain. We will make our home with Him, the Scripture says. The Greek term for home is the very same term used in John 14 for mansions, rooms, or dwelling, whatever your translation might say. In fact, these are the only two places in the New Testament where this Greek term is found about where that we get the word home from. Uh, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? So this one, and the place where He says we will make our home with Him in John 14, 23, only places in the New Testament where that Greek term is translated as home. So it means the same thing. That we have a home in heaven, He has a home in us. We go to live in heaven, He comes to live in us. It's therefore a permanent home so long as the conditions are met, but only so long as the conditions are met. We can, of our own choosing, evict the Holy Spirit from our lives. Revelation 2.5 Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And Hebrews 10, 28-29, Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which He was sanctified and outraged the Spirit of grace. I really, I don't like it, but I do like this, this translation says outraged. That's stronger than I think any translation that I have read. Because it is saying that when we become a Christian and then we turn our back on the Lord, then we trample underfoot the blood of Christ that was shed for us. And when we do that, we outrage. We don't just anger or upset the Holy Spirit. We outrage the Spirit of grace. So we need to be careful how we are living our lives not to outrage the Spirit of grace. And then we have the conditions of divine manifestation. These conditions, as the text plainly states, love and obedience. Now last time I was here, I spoke at length on loving Jesus and that if we love Him, we're going to obey His commands. But remember, obedience alone isn't enough. It must be loving obedience. You must do what the Lord commands. You ready for this? But you must love doing it. I sometimes think we have that obedience part down really well. In fact, in the Christian church, we have obedience down really well. 
I'm a Christian, or I want to be a Christian. I believe strongly in obedience. Therefore, I will obey. I will attend services. I will uh, I'll be baptized. I, I'll partake of the Lord's Supper. I don't have to love doing it. As a matter of fact, I don't even like doing it. i got other things I'd rather be doing. But, but uh, if this is what I've got to do to get to heaven, then I'll endure it. I'll go to church on Sunday and I'll take the Lord's Supper. And I, if I've got to get wet and get baptized, I'll do it. If i got to do that to get to heaven, I'll do it. No. No, 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 no. If you drag yourself in here on Sunday morning out of a sense of obedience to a God who directs lightning bolts, but there's no love in your heart, then you're in the wrong. We don't come because we, we should never come to church because we're afraid of what's going to happen to us that a lightning bolt's going to strike us or, or uh, well, I don't want to go to that nasty old hell, so I guess I better get up and go to that nasty old church service. I, you know, what, which one's worse? You know, I don't know which one I got to do. No, that's not why we do this. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Obedience without love is meaningless. Let me say that again. Obedience without love is meaningless. The source of true obedience, godly obedience, is always going to be love. It, you know, I, I know the Scriptures, even Jude says that some we save by fear and that, that their clothes are even scorched with the fires of hell. And I guess some people do come to the Lord out of fear of what will happen. But from that point on, we need to be teaching that we do what we do because we love Him for what He has done. And I hope that most of us have come to the Lord because we saw what He did for us and we wanted to come to Him. But I do realize there are some that just, they've got to know about the fear of hell before, they, uh, before they'll come. And I, I don't think, honestly, I'm just going to give my opinion, I don't think we preach about hell enough in church anymore. Uh, like one fellow told me some years ago, he said, Tom, I didn't know what hell was until I heard you preach. I didn't know how to take that. It was because of the subject I preached on her. He just didn't care for the way I preached. But anyway, uh, we need to talk about it a little bit more. But Matthew 22, 34 to 40, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them said, One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. In John 14, 21, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So we show our love by obedience, and we are obedient because we love him. God delights to dwell in the hearts of those who love to be obedient. So I have to admit, growing up, I was obedient to my dad uh, and I'm just going to be real honest with you, not out of love to my dad, because my dad and I had all kinds of problems from the time I was just starting to walk. Uh, thankfully, that all changed before he passed away. But uh, 
I did what I did out of fear of my dad. And, uh, uh, and fear in our little town, you know, if I did something wrong before I got home, he knew about it. You know, so that was, there was fear there. And I, I hope that, that I am obedient to my Father in heaven out of love, out of what he has done for me and not out of fear of what He will do to me if I'm not obedient. I want to be obedient because I love Him. But I think a lot of us are trained by the parents that raise us and by the Father. And a lot of people have a problem with the Father in heaven because they had a problem with the Father here on earth. And we need to understand that these are two different types of dads. And sometimes our Father on earth reflects very much our Father in heaven and sometimes uh, he doesn't, but our Father in heaven loves us and He gave His Son to die for us and He cares for us. He's not waiting around to bop us on the head. Doesn't want to do that. Uh, he'll do that if we need it, but He really wants to love us into the kingdom and love us into heaven. And we ought to love Him enough to be obedient to Him. God delights to dwell in the hearts of those who love to be obedient and continue in that obedience because their love for Him continues to grow. A four-year-old girl hugging her doll, uh, a doll in each of her pudgy little arms, uh, looked wistfully at her mother and said, Mama, I love them, and I love them, and I love them, but they never love me back. How true that is to so many would-be followers of Christ. They are loved, they are loved, they are loved by God, but never love Him back enough to be obedient to His commands. Love has been described as the hidden fountain while obedience is the visible stream. If love for God is the hidden fountain in your heart, it will produce a visible stream of obedience in your life. Not because you have to, but because you want to. Because you love to. So I ask what's in your heart today. Do you know for sure that the Lord delights to dwell in you? If you do, then praise the Lord today that He loves to do, delights to dwell in you because you love to be obedient to Him. If you don't know, you can know by being obedient to Him by first of all confessing Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God repenting of your sins and be buried with Christ in the water grave of baptism, raised up to walk in a new life. And then if you're already a Christian, by just opening up this book, seeing what it has to say and saying, okay, I can do that. I'll do that. And I'll do it. I may not, it may not be the thing I would choose to do, but I choose to do it because I love my Father in heaven. You can do that. You can clasp your hand in His hand and walk forward in loving obedience, and He will delight to dwell in you. Time to make that decision today. If you're ready to, to get closer to the Lord, make sure that He is delighting to dwell in you, this is your time to come forward and make that decision. Let's stand together and sing.